Welcome to Innovating Music, a podcast from the UCLA Herb Alpert School of Music. My name is Dr. Gigi Johnson. On our continuing saga that is Innovating Music, we look at lots of different types of change. Stefan Schultz runs Bitfury Surround, and he's trying to change the underlying ecosystem upon which much of this is built. He takes a look at a combination of artificial intelligence and blockchain to help us create a future-connected music world where we all are connected to a platform that shares data, money, information, and actual assets so that we have a lot more flexibility on what we can be building for the future. Enjoy this podcast. You might have to step backwards a bit if you are missing out a bit on blockchain. We've had prior episodes on blockchain, but we're going to go down a bit of the rabbit hole with them about what they're trying to build in rethinking the underlying structure of music. So before all of this, you have a really great background, which I want to back up into, but can you start with a soundbite or two about what Bitfury Surround is? So Bitfury Surround is an um, is a company, is an initiative that is really um, uh, a um, uh, infrastructure play for the uh, intellectual property industry. And we are starting with the with the music industry first because this is also where I originate from. And uh, we and I have been spending about almost thirty years and twenty five years in this industry. Um, and then you know, obviously, this infrastructure will be used later on from film and for other asset uh, for other IP um, as well. What it basically does is allow it allows you to connect the dots um, between anything that happens from the origination of the of the actual copyright or of the of the content towards all the way to the end of the um, you know when the rights expire, which is usually seventy years plus the lifetime of the artist. And it gives you the, it has, you know, basically the capabilities of allowing you to, to, to uh, pick up all the data and kind of navigate um, the value that you, can, uh, that you can generate out of interoperating with others um, in real time uh, based on this data. And at the same time, um, because we are talking about a collaborative project, which is, I mean, co- product, which is uh, basically what copyrights are, um, you know, everybody that interacts um, and the data that is being exchanged on the platform uh, is immutable uh, due to the uh, to the link to a very specific um, industry blockchain play, which is um, which is dedicated and bespoke to our industry. So I'd like to come back to that because I'd like you to tell me why and how you got started with this. So can you back up maybe a little bit? And, and share a bit about your really interesting background coming into this in your decades plus time in the music industry. Yeah, I've been I've actually always been in the um, business innovation space of the music industry and uh, um, started, uh, you know, like originally in radio and then, you know, uh, studied business and went into the um, uh, diversification units of uh, Polygram at that time before it became Universal Music. Um, uh, worked on di- different fields that are that were not related to the recording. So, like for example, uh, uh, merchandising and licensing and all this kind of stuff. And then I took over um, the department in Germany for um, yeah, uh, commercial and com- consumer relationships. Um, you know, signing accountable for all the licensing and non. Uh, CD and, and non physical product activities, which then in two thousand and one. 
uh, with the merger of uh, Vivendi coming in into play, um, um, w- was turning into the one of the first digital departments in the world. And I was the, uh, I ended up being the CDO, so the chief digital officer for Universal Music in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, mainly working on the platform side, very early stage technology, you know, anything from IVR, so like voice recording systems, mobile networks, um, ringtones and all this kind of stuff. And then transitioning later on into, of course, the download space and then streaming space, um, basically, you know, monetizing and, and, and creating value in the connection of, uh, let's say, our industry together with the technology industry. So why music for you? Music, um, because my family is more from a banking and insurance background, and I wanted to do business, but business on a topic that I love and that I like and that carries a lot of emotion. This is how I got into the music industry. (laughs) So you said you started with radio, though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did an internship at Power 99 FM in Philadelphia uh, with Jojo Davis, Miles Davis's brother, and some others. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, in the, back in the day. So that was, uh, oh, 88, something like that. 89, 90. And, and so has music, I mean, you've seen then, I mean, even talking about I, music, chief digital officer, you know, when, when that was a unique thing, right? So that you had, um, people who were, uh, coming in to try to change the business from the inside and outside at the same time. And, and so you've been on kind of that interesting in-between road. We've had a few other people in the podcast who've been writing a similar space, but in a different dimension of it, where they were in early digital departments at a lot of folks. So um, what type of challenges did you face then in innovating in large music organizations and especially in merging as the business is changing large organizations because it's different than the space you're in now how is it to be in a large organization but being nice about it at the same time mainly i would say the translation uh between the business logic on the one hand side and the business on logic on the other side that is uh, i think that's where it was the biggest challenge um, and that is uh, it has to do with any kind of like processes, uh, you know, the way that things are cleared, who owns the rights, you know, how do you adopt the rights to the, you know, to the various technological in- innovations? Um, how would you ever even come to a point where you can create a conversation between the different parties and all this kind of stuff in order to really come to a fruitful business relationship, which is which is, of course, super challenging in environments where nobody really knows what they have and what value they can bring to the table and how is this value being split, right? And and I think this this is actually, it has remained a little bit like this even in the blockchain space now because I see that there is there is a little, you know, there's always kind of a, um, you know, phenomenon of being lost in translation. And when it comes to value splits, I think this is where we have the by far largest uh, uh, challenge. And, and uh, that also means to understand what actually your inventory is. In 2001, nobody actually had any rights for anything, right? It does not mean that, you know, I mean, like we, nobody knew what they actually were supposed to clear the rights for. So how can you get a clearance if you don't know what for? And then at the same time, 
you know, the entire value chain was was kind of challenged because the television stations did not have any, they didn't have any rights for the, uh, you know, for the Mediatheken, which is like the online usage, then OTT came into play, you know, all this kind of stuff, ringtones, MVNOs, I mean, I can, you name it, it's a, it's a long list. Well, part of it also is that companies, if it doesn't, if you're a big company and it doesn't look like, um, uh, if, you, if you're in a big company, it doesn't look like it will be big business. I know that was a challenge for a lot of people that in a large organization, it's like it costs legal time to review all this stuff. So every time a new opportunity would come in, if it doesn't look like a big deal, then people would not put the energy behind it necessarily. So there's a lot of people standing at the door asking to play, which at least was my interpretation of what a lot of CDOs were doing. Yes, that's right. The problem here is that you have a huge leverage, what we call the value gap right now, uh, between the platform uh, industry economy and the data economy and the uh, and the music industry and the music and the entertainment economy, and this value gap is um, is of course if you look at the big at the size of these different sectors, right? I mean, you're you're growing on the platform side by forty percent a year. Can you imagine forty to fifty percent a year on a two thousand billion level? And we are talking about six, seven, eight percent on a music industry level, maybe ten um, on a thirty billion level, right? So that is a, that is such a asymmetry, okay? What we call it, and that's this, this is exactly uh, where where I have always been feeling very comfortable in the in the between. You were doing some work in AR and VR and social media engagement and other things before you got to your current adventures. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when I set up the uh, the digital unit in Universal Music with, with, you know, with my team and with, uh, you know, with other teams in other territories, because we were like a global, um, you know, digital team. I was uh, very much engaged into transformational plays in the in the rights industry. So one of them is, for example, live entertainment. So I work with uh, you know with uh, with Live Nation, Eventim, and others in Europe um, in order to monetize and 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 ring fence and defend the the rights of the promoters into the in in their venues and and also with the content coming out of it because there's a favorable situation in the German copyright law that allows that and in the in the in the um, in the Austrian as well, uh, which is probably now very important especially in the light of what we see right now uh, live entertainment yeah in way. Well, live streams <laughs> never used to be considered valuable up front yeah. right yeah, youtube yeah. grabbed a whole bunch of them but yeah that yeah it was like well i don't yeah you know, somebody's gonna pay me for my live stream rights yeah very interesting because it's a if you have a if you have a new set of rights that has never been considered and the promoters of course have not been considered so much then you know, that is a very interesting one. And, you know, basically I was working in all kind of niche areas where we could um, le- put some leverage on the, uh, on the, on the intellectual property towards the uh, platform markets. That's always been my game in a sense, um, not n- n- for, for the benefit benefits of both sides. And then that's when I came, you know, when I discovered the uh, the, the huge potential that is um, that the blockchain as play can bring to us. Why this and why now? Why a combination of blockchain and artificial intelligence to try to deal with digital workflow and metadata? What is different with blockchain is that it goes at, it goes straight to the core of our industry. 
as it allows you to um, to break down the industry to the maximum level. Yeah. So that means, um, you know, the, the collaborative aspects of, the th of things and the data aspects of things, um, you can break them with blockchain uh, down to a level that has never, ever been, uh, you know, able for us to, to explore ever. Right. So I'll just to give you an idea, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain, as an example, you, you can break one Bitcoin down into 100 million Satoshis. So you have the you have the capabilities of breaking data points down. You can break down, um, you know, like co collaborations on, into almost unlimited ways and you will be able to follow. You will be able to track. You will be able to predict. You will be able to forecast. Um, uh, any kind of movement in between these different parts. So uh, if I give you an example, just to make it a little bit less abstract, I could potentially write a song with like a hundred people and each individual people. Which would be, which would be scary to figure that split up. And keep going. <laughs> yes, but you could, what you could, what you can do is you can split it and you can follow this split across like all different channels, all different countries, all different, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, jurisdictions. Um, and you can also adopt the split based on the consensus of all the people involved. And the cool thing is that, you know, that you would be able um, to, to include like entities in the split that were normally not even part of it. Like, for example, I have a radio station in Hong Kong that will give me, let's say, the first boost to my career, right? So I would say, okay, so for the first uh, uh, two weeks or four weeks, they will, you know, they will make sure that I will be discovered. Like, for example, uh, you know, on a show or something like that, you would be literally able to address one part of your entire royalties um, for as long as you want. You can say, okay, for the next five years, this particular promotion will take 10 or will get 10% of all of my royalties. Um, and it can also, I can also provide, I can also split with anybody else in the world. I can make any kind of deal. It will all be interconnected and you can always follow it back and nobody can change it. So this is, it's just, it's just mind blowing what such a, uh, what this technology can do to the market. So let me back up for folks who, both have seen some other blockchain adventures so far, but also who haven't. This is a, more of an infrastructure and language that your average creator, small label, would not see under the hood that they would be connecting up with surround through an intermediary? Yes, pretty much. You would be you would be like like a credit card system or something like that, right? So you go you you, you go to the US, you buy a pair of jeans, you go back to Germany the, the vendor does not have a bank account in Germany. You don't have a bank account in the U.S. It still works. You don't notice it. The transaction works and it's happening. So the people who would work with you would be other businesses that would connect in to this infrastructure system. And they would all have to be buying off to be on the same single system. Or could this be a parallel system? with other um, blockchain-generated systems, or does everyone need to be essentially on the same underlying language, for lack of a better term? 
No, I would I, not really, because it's it's um, of of course it is very tailored, and it is uh, you know let's say uh, yeah it's kind of bespoke, of course, to the um, to our specific market needs. It's completely open, so anybody can build whatever they want on it. Um, but it's the exact opposite of when Apple came into the uh, into into the market with their last infrastructure game, because that was very centralized. Now you have to think of it as a decentralized, you know, infrastructure marketplace that everybody can connect to. And in the end, um, you know, certain people, in this case, artists, labels, publishers, um, and perhaps collecting societies will be able to retrieve their information and consolidate their information um, uh, in their to their specific view in order to navigate what's happening uh, on this um, uh, on this infrastructure. So, if someone would like to work with uh, attaching or connecting to your platform or piloting with the, and what stage would they need to be at to step in with you? Or what stage are you at to step in with them to start uh, connecting with people who might be listening to this podcast? So you would be able to connect not so far in the future. There are also, you know, several companies now ramping up for connecting to it. Uh, and then there will be a kind of a consolidating uh, software stack, which is similar to Salesforce or others, uh, where... Uh, you would, you know, we will provide some tools uh, that will allow you as an artist to work with it or as a label to work with it or a publisher to work with it, because it is really all about making sure anybody can operate and interoperate in the way they want. So if an artist wants to become a DSP, this will be possible. So this is, this is really, this would be really revolutionary, right? Um, and this is the kind of thing that will happen on, on, on such a blockchain. Or if you just want to, um, let's say, uh, provide, uh, let's say, smart cue sheets, for example, which is one of our partners is doing that to all the TV stations in the world and the, on, in real time. And then that's connected to the data. I mean, that the data is going to be put on, on, on the ledger here. Then uh, this can be done in 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 real time and and people and the artists will see their income real quick you know stuff like that and then on the other hand on the other side you have the data uh you you have companies coming in platforms coming in working with the data interoperating and exchanging the data um and they will be mainly i would say upcoming developers and businesses and then on the other hand you will have to wait a little bit for the significance of um uh what can i say uh, uh integrity and the significance of truth and 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 um trust and transparency uh in the market itself right so for the moment of course people would say listen my numbers are correct i have everything in my cloud uh, you can believe me, right? So what's the purpose of this? But if you carry it a little bit further and you look at the, all the different um, entities and all the different pieces of the puzzle intera interacting and interoperating, then you know if you over if you jump across one or two or three exploitation administration steps, then nobody is so sure anymore if the data is correct, right? That is that is where this uh, the significance of such system kicks in. 
it, it kind of re-breaks the model of having kind of a linear distribution and additive products to be able to instead plug and play different parties who also will get data and money out of the system. Yes, absolutely. It's going to create a, it's going to create like, it's a little bit like a, like an internet of content and you can connect to anything and anybody can connect to anything. And the good thing is here that uh, through the blockchain play, which is blockchain is actually something you would not even talk to uh, talk about. It just works, right? But through the technology itself, you cannot only transport information, but you can also transport value, and that's a killer. App. That is really the, the 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 you know the the killer argument here. So we are already toward the toward the end of our conversation here. Is there anything that you'd like to mention to our wonderful audience that we haven't talked about already? Yeah, I mean, I would just like to to mention that there is a um, you know there is a there is a lot of uh, let's say value to gain outside the scope of uh, well you know like what is being um, uh, monetized and what's being um, marketed for the moment um, there is a lot of uh, creative potential out there in the world that can be picked up and can be automatically connected to uh, our market and then to our industry so that the the, the entire market has a lot more potential um, uh, to grow in a in a more like exponential way than and going like percent by percent, and also to break a little bit free from this very 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 strong focus on one exploitation uh, um, mechanism, right? Which is of course the streaming; it's a predominant one. Um, but um, there is a yeah, there are many many angles to explore, and I think what is really due for our industry and it would be great to have to interact or to have several to have conversations about this is that um we uh, you know uh, we have to 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 talk and think together how we can get away from this um you know you know these uh more kind of old school administration um you know schemes and and um and ways to interoperate and and how would we be able to put more efficiency into the data flow um, and f- most importantly incentivize people based on business but not on science that is the most important thing because this is when infrastructure comes into play normally um, you know it's a very very tricky uh, uh, stage one because you know uh, many many very very smart people have already thought about all this new metadata structures new you know like new ways of how to how to put the let's say the 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 data and the sorry the the content flow and the administrative flows together but um but if you uh, don't have a business model behind it and if you don't put it into a perspective of motive you know like individual motivation in order to what's uh, to to move towards this goal, then you will find yourself very very much fighting against um, you know the adoption, and this is I think where Apple was very very strong because they gave all the tools that you need in order to you know boost the value immediately. You had the hardware, you had the software, the whole experience was there, you know, and then boom, the business came up. So that I think without the business approach, it is going to be uh, uh, without incentivizing somebody uh to do this um it it will uh it will uh, never take off and i think this is what um blockchain uh brings um it will allow 
people to in the in the future in tokenized economies it will allow people to remunerate and to um, pay and to to uh, promote and to have an income based on micro actions and micro transactions and that's going to uh, invigorate the entire industry much more than today but and let me sort of circle back then though with the framing though that to me what worked with apple is making it the level of abstraction and design so that your average person didn't necessarily need to know anything happening under the hood. So that's, to me, the other part of it is the the narrative of it, right? The design and, and the ease of use. And actually, we started out our conversation today talking about how everyone's using all these different technologies from home and trying to be comfortable and figuring it all out. So look forward to both interoperability, but also thinking about now, you know, we are all now becoming accidental digital non-natives uh, living in all these digital spaces. I think it is time for sense-making for some of this that could be really helpful right now. If someone wants to talk with you and follow up and say, hey, Stefan, this is fabulous. You're presently in Germany how, and we're all, all over the world. How would you like people to reach out? Oh, you can um, basically just reach out either by uh, by email through our website or, you know, by um any you know LinkedIn, any other, any other um, you know platform. The thing is this, um, you know, um, because you were just asking me who wants, who I would like to, you know to interact with and who you know love to exchange with is also anybody that wants to innovate and bring new new business models and brings new products to the market and has the feeling that it's difficult to interoperate with the industry that has the motivation just like me in the beginning to make money to 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 with the you know with having fun at the same time right and to understand that you know the 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 future is decentralized so that means you know everything in in the future that carries value has to come from some sort of a decentralized approach right and um, that allows for almost anybody to create something great and this is what I would love to encourage and I would love to, uh, people to get in touch with me with to see what is it, what are the exciting things you want to build? What do you think, you know, is, um, uh, you know, is going to be valuable for artists, for labels, for publishers and for others and even for data, for the data economy to, to make money with uh, and to, to generate value and to make a living with uh, in this space. That would be amazing. Well, Stefan, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for sharing with us your journey so far. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You have found one of our adventures now in the Marimel Podcast Network. You can find our shows everywhere that you listen to podcasts. We've got Amplify Music Conversations from the Amplify Music Conferences during the pandemic, Creative Innovators, and now Innovating Music. If you're interested in following up with us in any of these shows, please reach out on our websites, and you can find those in the show notes.